chapter eight part one of the life of washington volume three by john marshall this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter eight part one treason and escape of arnold trial and execution of major andre precautions for the security of west point letter of general washington on american affairs proceedings of congress respecting the army major talmage destroys the british stores at corum the army retires into winter quarters eruption of major carleton into new york european transactions seventeen eighty while the public mind was anticipating great events from the combined arms of france and america treason lay concealed in the american camp and was plotting the ruin of the american cause the great services and military talents of general arnold his courage in battle and patient fortitude under excessive hardships had secured to him a high place in the opinion of the army and of his country not having sufficiently recovered from the wounds received before quebec and at saratoga to be fit for active service and having large accounts to settle with the government which required leisure he was on the evacuation of philadelphia in seventeen seventy eight appointed to the command in that place unfortunately that strength of principle and correctness of judgment which might enable him to resist the various seductions to which his fame and rank exposed him in the metropolis of the union were not associated with the firmness which he had displayed in the field and in the most adverse circumstances yielding to the temptations of a false pride and forgetting that he did not possess the resources of private fortune he indulged in the pleasures of a sumptuous table and expensive equipage and soon swelled his debts to an amount which it was impossible to discharge unmindful of his military character he engaged in speculations which were unfortunate and with the hope of immense profit took shares in privateers which were unsuccessful his claims against the united states were great and he looked to them for the means of extricating himself from the embarrassments in which his indiscretions had involved him but the commissioners to whom his accounts were referred for settlement had reduced them considerably and on his appeal from their decision to congress a committee reported that the sum allowed by the commissioners was more than he was entitled to receive he was charged with various acts of extortion on the citizens of philadelphia and with peculating on the funds of the continent not the less soured by these multiplied causes of irritation from the reflection that they were attributable to his own follies and vices he gave full scope to his resentments and indulged himself in expressions of angry reproach against what he termed the ingratitude of his country which provoked those around him and gave great offence to congress having become peculiarly odious to the government of pennsylvania the executive of that state exhibited formal charges against him to congress who directed that he should be arrested and brought before a court-martial his trial was concluded late in january seventeen seventy nine and he was sentenced to be reprimanded by the commander-in-chief this sentence was approved by congress and carried into execution 
from the time the sentence against him was approved if not sooner his proud unprincipled spirit revolted from the cause of his country and determined him to seek an occasion to make the objects of his resentment the victims of his vengeance turning his eyes on west point as an acquisition which would give value to treason and inflict a mortal wound on his former friends he sought the command of that fortress for the purpose of gratifying both his avarice and his hate to new york the safety of west point was peculiarly interesting and in that state the reputation of arnold was particularly high to its delegation he addressed himself and one of its members had written a letter to general washington suggesting doubts respecting the military character of howe to whom its defence was then entrusted and recommending arnold for that service this request was not forgotten some short time afterwards general schuyler mentioned to the commander-in-chief a letter he had received from arnold intimating his wish to join the army but stating his inability in consequence of his wounds to perform the active duties of the field general washington observed that as there was a prospect of a vigorous campaign he should be gratified with the aid of general arnold that so soon as the operations against new york should commence he designed to draw his whole force into the field leaving even west point to the care of invalids and a small garrison of militia recollecting however the former application of a member of congress respecting this post he added that if with this previous information that situation would be more agreeable to him than a command in the field his wishes should certainly be indulged this conversation being communicated to arnold he caught eagerly at the proposition though without openly discovering any solicitude on the subject and in the beginning of august repaired to camp where he renewed the solicitations which had before been made indirectly at this juncture sir henry clinton embarked on an expedition he meditated against rhode island and general washington was advancing on new york he offered arnold the left wing of the army which that officer declined under the pretexts mentioned in his letter to general schuyler incapable of suspecting a man who had given such distinguished proofs of courage and patriotism the commander-in-chief was neither alarmed at his refusal to embrace so splendid an opportunity of recovering the favour of his countrymen nor at the embarrassment accompanying that refusal pressing the subject no farther he assented to the request which had been made and invested arnold with the command of west point previous to his soliciting this station he had in a letter to colonel robinson signified his change of principles and his wish to restore himself to the favour of his prince by some signal proof of his repentance this letter opened the way to a correspondence with sir henry clinton the immediate object of which after obtaining the appointment he had solicited was to concert the means of delivering the important post he commanded to the british general major john andre an aide-de-camp of sir henry clinton an adjutant-general of the british army was selected as the person to whom the maturing of arnold's treason and the arrangements for its execution should be entrusted a correspondence was carried on between them under a mercantile disguise 
in the feigned names of gustavus and anderson in at length to facilitate their communications the vulture sloop of war moved up the north river and took a station convenient for the purpose but not so near as to excite suspicion treason and escape of arnold the time when general washington met the comte de rochambeau at hartford was selected for the final adjustment of the plan and as a personal interview was deemed necessary major andre came up the river and went on board the vulture the house of a mr smith without the american posts was appointed for the interview and to that place both parties repaired in the night andre being brought under a pass for john anderson in a boat dispatched from the shore while the conference was yet unfinished daylight approached and to avoid discovery arnold proposed that andre should remain concealed until the succeeding night he is understood to have refused peremptorily to be carried within the american posts but the promise to respect this subjection was not observed they continued together the succeeding day and when in the following night his return to the vulture was proposed the boatman refused to carry him because she had shifted her station during the day in consequence of a gun which was moved to the shore without the knowledge of arnold and brought to bear upon her this embarrassing circumstance reduced him to the necessity of endeavouring to reach new york by land to accomplish this purpose he reluctantly yielded to the urgent representations of arnold and laying aside his regimentals which he had hitherto worn under a surtout put on a plain suit of clothes and received a pass from general arnold authorizing him under the name of john anderson to proceed on the public service to the white plains or lower if he thought proper with this permit he had passed all the guards and posts on the road unsuspected and was proceeding to new york in perfect security when one of three militiamen who were employed between the lines of the two armies springing suddenly from his covert into the road seized the reins of his bridle and stopped his horse losing his accustomed self-possession major andre instead of producing the pass from general arnold asked the man hastily where he belonged he replied to below a term implying that he was from new york and so said andre not suspecting deception am i he then declared himself to be a british officer on urgent business and begged that he might not be detained the appearance of the other militiamen disclosed his mistake too late to correct it he offered a purse of gold and a valuable watch with tempting promises of ample reward from his government if they would permit him to escape but his offers were rejected and his captors proceeded to search him they found concealed in his boots in arnold's handwriting papers containing all the information which could be important respecting west point when carried before lieutenant colonel jameson the officer commanding the scouting parties on the lines he still maintained his assumed character and requested jameson to inform his commanding officer that anderson was taken jameson dispatched an express with this communication on receiving it arnold comprehended the full extent of his danger and flying from well-merited punishment took refuge on board the vulture where washington stayed during andre's trial in this brick house at tappan rockland county new york the american commander-in-chief during september seventeen eighty 
awaited the result of the trial of major john andre who conspired with benedict arnold for the betrayal of west point to the british fourteen american officers sat in judgment on andre and ordered his execution on october two seventeen eighty in tappan also is still standing the old tavern where andre was imprisoned when sufficient time for the escape of arnold was supposed to have elapsed andre no longer affecting concealment acknowledged himself to be the adjutant-general of the british army jameson seeking to correct the mischief of his indiscreet communication to arnold immediately dispatched a packet to the commander-in-chief containing the papers which had been discovered with a letter from andre relating the manner of his capture and accounting for the disguise he had assumed the express was directed to meet the commander-in-chief who was then on his return from hartford but taking different roads they missed each other and a delay attended the delivery of the papers which ensured the escape of arnold precautions for the security of west point every precaution was immediately taken for the security of west point after which the attention of the commander-in-chief was turned to andre a board of general officers of which major-general green was president and the two foreign generals lafayette and steuben were members was called to report a precise state of his case and to determine the character in which he was to be considered and the punishment to which he was liable the frankness and magnanimity with which andre had conducted himself from the time of his appearance in his real character had made a very favourable impression on all those with whom he had held any intercourse from this cause he experienced every mark of indulgent attention which was compatible with his situation and from a sense of justice as well as of delicacy was informed on the opening of the examination that he was at liberty not to answer any interrogatory which might embarrass his own feelings but as if only desirous to rescue his character from imputations which he dreaded more than death he confessed everything material to his own condemnation but would divulge nothing which might involve others trial and execution of major andre the board reported the essential facts which had appeared with their opinion that major andre was a spy and ought to suffer death the execution of this sentence was ordered to take place on the day succeeding that on which it was pronounced superior to the terrors of death but dreading disgrace andre was deeply affected by the mode of execution which the laws of war decree to persons in his situation he wished to die like a soldier not as a criminal to obtain a mitigation of his sentence in this respect he addressed a letter to general washington replete with the feelings of a man of sentiment and honour but the occasion required that the example should make its full impression and this request could not be granted he encountered his fate with composure and dignity and his whole conduct interested the feelings of all who witnessed it the general officers lamented the sentence which the usages of war compelled them to pronounce and never perhaps did the commander-in-chief obey with more reluctance the stern mandates of duty and policy the sympathy excited among the american officers by his fate was as universal as it is unusual on such occasions and proclaims alike the merit of him who suffered and the humanity of those who inflicted the punishment great exertions were made by sir henry clinton to whom andre was particularly dear first to have him considered as protected by a flag of truce and afterwards as a prisoner of war 
even arnold had the hardihood to interpose after giving a certificate of facts tending as he supposed to exculpate the prisoner exhausting his powers of reasoning on the case and appealing to the humanity of the american general he sought to intimidate that officer by stating the situation of many of the most distinguished individuals of south carolina who had forfeited their lives but had hitherto been spared through the clemency of the british general this clemency he said could no longer be extended to them should major andre suffer it may well be supposed that the interposition of arnold could have no influence on washington he conveyed mrs arnold to her husband in new york and also transmitted his clothes and baggage for which he had written but in every other respect his letters which were unanswered were also unnoticed the mingled sentiments of admiration and compassion excited in every bosom for the unfortunate andre seemed to increase the detestation in which arnold was held andre said general washington in a private letter has met his fate with that fortitude which was to be expected from an accomplished man and a gallant officer but i am mistaken if at this time arnold is undergoing the torments of a mental hell he wants feeling from some traits of his character which have lately come to my knowledge he seems to have been so hardened in crime so lost all sense of honour and shame that while his faculties still enable him to continue his sordid pursuits there will be no time for remorse from motives of policy or of respect for his engagements sir henry clinton conferred on arnold the commission of a brigadier-general in the british service which he preserved throughout the war yet it is impossible that rank could have rescued him from the contempt and detestation in which the generous the honourable and the brave could not cease to hold him it was impossible for men of this description to bury the recollection of his being a traitor a sordid traitor first the slave of his rage then purchased with gold and finally secured at the expense of the blood of one of the most accomplished officers in the british army his representations of the discontent of the country and of the army concurring with reports from other quarters had excited the hope that the loyalists and the dissatisfied allured by british gold and the prospect of rank in the british service would flock to his standard and form a corps at whose head he might again display his accustomed intrepidity with this hope he published an address to the inhabitants of america in which he laboured to palliate his own guilt and to increase their dissatisfaction with the existing state of things this appeal to the public was followed by a proclamation addressed to the officers and soldiers of the continental army who have the real interests of their country at heart and who are determined to be no longer the tools and dupes of congress or of france the object of this proclamation was to induce the officers and soldiers to desert the cause they had embraced from principle by holding up to them the very flattering offers of the british general and contrasting the substantial emoluments of the british service with their present deplorable condition he attempted to cover this dishonourable proposition with a decent garb by representing the base step he invited them to take as the only measure which could restore peace real liberty and happiness to their country these inducements did not produce their intended effect although the temper of the army might be irritated by 
real suffering and by the supposed neglect of government no diminution of patriotism had been produced through all the hardships irritations and vicissitudes of the war arnold remains the solitary instance of an american officer who abandoned the side first embraced in this civil contest and turned his sword upon his former companions in arms when the probable consequences of this plot had it been successful were considered and the combination of apparent accidents by which it was discovered and defeated was recollected all were filled with awful astonishment and the devout perceived in the transaction the hand of providence guiding america to independence the thanks of congress were voted to the three militiamen who had rendered this invaluable service and a silver medal with an inscription expressive of their fidelity and patriotism was directed to be presented to each of them in addition to this flattering testimonial of their worth and as a farther evidence of national gratitude a resolution was passed granting to each two hundred dollars per annum during life to be paid in specie or an equivalent in current money the efforts of general washington to obtain a permanent military force or its best substitute a regular system for filling the vacant ranks with drafts who should join the army on the first day of january in each year were still continued notwithstanding the embarrassments with which congress was surrounded it is not easy to find adequate reasons for the neglect of representations so interesting and of recommendations apparently so essential to the safety of the united states parties in congress private letters disclose the fact that two parties still agitated congress one entered fully into the views of the commander-in-chief the other jealous of the army and apprehensive of its hostility to liberty when peace should be restored remained unwilling to give stability to its constitution by increasing the numbers who were to serve during the war they seemed to dread the danger from the enemy to which its fluctuations would expose them less than the danger which might be apprehended for the civil authority from its permanent character they caught with avidity at every intelligence which encouraged the flattering hope of a speedy peace but entered reluctantly into measures founded on the supposition that the war might be of long duration perfectly acquainted with the extent of the jealousies entertained on this subject although to use his own expressions to a friend heaven knows how unjustly general washington had forborne the to press the necessity of regular and timely reinforcements to his army so constantly and so earnestly as his own judgment directed but the experience of every campaign furnished such strong additional evidences of the impolicy and danger of continuing to rely on temporary expedients and the uncertainty of collecting a force to cooperate with the auxiliaries from france was so peculiarly embarrassing that he at length resolved to conquer the delicacy by which he had been in some degree restrained and to open himself fully on the subject which he seemed more essential than any other to the success of the war august in august while looking anxiously for such a reinforcement to the chevalier de tunay as would give him the command of the american seas and while uncertain whether the campaign might not pass away without giving a single advantage promised at its opening he transmitted a letter to congress fully and freely imparting his sentiments on the state of things End of 
chapter eight part one